0: Hello, boys and girls. It's Kirk Henderson from Mavs Moneyball. You're joining group therapy. I'm coming to you a little late. Uh, I went to my first Mavs game in Dallas since I was able to isolate it to, I think, March of 2002. I've obviously been to games uh, since then, but I haven't lived here in forever. And I went tonight and um, the Mavs sucked. And it was a very interesting experience being in game because the Mavs arena, a really good job of creating such a carnival atmosphere that you don't really notice that the Mavs are down, and then all of a sudden they're getting beat ten by the Pelicans, and Luca's not hitting floaters, and the rest of the team is big garbo. Um, yeah. So, why don't we uh, come up on, uh, yeah, Kevin Gray, man of the people. I was up on the Jumbotron for some dang reason. I was the shoes thing, and then I had a couple of people in front of me. Gentleman by the name of Ruben, Ruben, I hope you're listening, who was just shit-canned out of his mind from the moment he walked into the game, um, was getting very handsy with me and the guy. Uh, one of my friends I was there with. That was odd. Um, but, you know, everyone uh, around us was having a, a pretty good time, and then, you know, the Mavs were losing, and that's that. Um, really love, uh, one fun, just before we get into kind of the, the you know, the griping, because we should gripe, because that was a bad loss. It was really cool to see, like, the sheer variety of uh, Mavs gear in person. Uh, you know, I, living outside of the city, like, finding stuff like that is hard, and just seeing, like, some of the cool t-shirts and jerseys and stuff people had was awesome. Okay, um, let's make it through, folks. Don't want to do this too long, so we got to go do it again tomorrow. Brett, what's up, buddy?
1: Hey, well, so that game was, I don't know, like that's probably the most bad I've been this season watching them, and like so a lot of these teams have been frustrating. Mm. But this is just, I mean, specifically because, you know, like I love Luka, and that was – that, I think that was the most embarrassing effort of his career. Like, he's had mm. games where he's played worse because teams have, like, defended him well. But that was embarrassing. Like, that was – like, this is a game where someone in the Mavs organization needs to sit him down and explain to him that that's, like, not acceptable, uh, like, to play the way he did. Like, especially in the first half um, where he, like, turned the ball over, like, six times in the first half. And there were bad
0: turnovers. I yeah, was I, I mean, was like, sitting on the opposite end of the, the refs and yeah. – I get it, but maybe don't have a sloppy handle like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, it was just like he he came into the game feeling like they'd already won the game and, and, and just didn't and then he took, like, a bunch of threes and because, and this wasn't even, like, because he couldn't get to the rim. Like, as evidenced by later in the game, he could. But he just didn't play with much effort. Um, and then that's, I mean, this is the issue that they had, like, all of last year with with against bad teams. You know, he'd he'd show up and, you know, kind of, like, half-ass it through the first quarter. Um, and then they get down. And then sometimes they come back, sometimes they wouldn't. Um, but, I mean, I mean, I, I like, I, I don't, the other thing is, to me, like, assuming Frank was, like, I'm assuming he's still injured and that I don't really understand why he was on the, on the injury report is like probable or ready to go.
0: Yeah. I mean,
1: especially because to not, like
0: to not play him when we've seen all the defensive numbers. It. Yeah. I mean, this come like like this is a different deal. Like this game, this game was a specific instance of Jason Kidd being a garbage can coach. Yeah. Um, he has the players standing the whole damn game. They look like a shitty JV high school squad when they're doing that. They look stupid. Like when you're down by 20 points and the whole team is standing, you look dumb. Sit down. Like the, yeah. there was just a lot of weird stuff going on in, in this. And you know, he was talking to a ref, and Luca also came up and started talking. And that's the moment where kid or another assistant or someone needs to tell Luca to go away. And there just wasn't a lot of active coaching. And then there's been like some some interesting postgame quotes. He gave our man Kevin Gray here a good line. About how like this isn't a defensive-minded team, and it's like, yeah, we know, we've been here for three years, friendo. Like what? What team did he think he was coaching? Like yeah, at a certain point, like, like scheme doesn't you know make up for the fact that they have bad defenders.
1: Yeah, that was that's a weird quote I think for a team to give this early into your tenure. Oh, I with the don't, team.
0: man. I don't. If you follow Jason Kidd's coaching career, that man has a penchant oh, for oh, bust no, oh, no, throwing. No,
1: no! No! Oh, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying it's like out of character for him. Oh, like, I mean, just, he's not wrong for what I it's mean, worth. No, he, it's he's just, not wrong, but like for me to like be, you know, like whatever, 19 games into your tenure. And to be like, well, I'm going to throw the front office under the bus already. Like, it's a very Jason Kidd thing to do, but I think it's a very, like, unprofessional (laughs) thing of a coach to do.
0: Right. It's kind of hard. Like, it's one thing to know it's going to happen or it has a high likelihood of happening. It's another thing to see it unfold in front of your eyes.
1: Yeah. I mean, and, and, like, the whole, like, him having, like, no energy on the bench – and, and, like, for all I know, he could be, like, you know, actively coaching in-game. But it doesn't sure. look like it. And in a game like this where the team doesn't have any energy, him just kind of standing around and, like yep. – I mean, like, not that a coach needs to be, like, yelling all the time. No. But someone has to provide some energy. And if the players aren't, then, like, the, the coaching staff has to. Well, uh, but, yeah, I mean messed. like, every game we just get to find, like, new and exciting ways that we, you can be like, wow, this person – Who's clearly has coached like hundreds of games in the NBA? It looks like they've never set, set foot on like on a basketball bench.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's doing what I would do if I like if if you were to like what's the Whoopi Goldberg movie where she coaches the Knicks? Like, just I would freak out. Like, but again, I don't get paid to do this for a living. So it, it I don't know. I I I find myself particularly heated because with each passing loss, where it's like losses are okay, but they are now. I want to say. They've lost a lot of games in quick succession after starting out. They're like two two
1: and six, I think, in their last. Two
0: and six. Okay. That is bad.
1: After the Denver game, I think.
0: Yes, that is. And that's bad. And I think, you know, the the whole point of this show is to process overreactions. Okay. So, like, I never get mad or really, like, so when people throw things back in my face, I'm just like, this is fans talking and having a good time. Like, we're, we're doing what we do. But one of the things that I found particularly annoying, and there were all these people crowing after the Mavs shot 70% from the floor in a way yeah. about that they were fixed. I'm not saying that that wasn't fun. I had a great time. More was of it, that, please. Was it like Cooperstein or someone else who tweeted, like, the offense is getting good looks, and finally they just went down for one game? Well, like, that, and, and but the thing about that is is he's correct. The offense is generating good looks, but well, at a certain point, the results. The results have to matter. Like, if you're 20 games through the season and nothing's going down, that's a significant enough sample of size to say, okay, things aren't going down. What do we have to do differently? And I don't know. I don't know the answer. This, like, this, this, you know, I'm, I was – Porzingis not playing was a struggle bus. Then they let the whole starter – like, the starting lineup was in until, like, the four-minute point of the yeah, game. Yeah, that, that was – That was disastrously stupid.
1: Yes. I, I could not – Fathom, they were like down like 19 or something.
0: The one swing like- that really crushed it was Luca missed a shot. They got an offensive board. It ends up in Luca's hands again. He finds Timmy for a wide open three, who couldn't hit it. And then Ingram went back. And at that point, yeah. it would have made it a nine point game. Ingram went back down the floor and <laughs> hit it, and it made it 15. At yeah. that point, the game was it over. It was over. And it, it Luca was like six, played another it, four it minutes.
1: Like, it was like five or six minutes left. Mm. And, and like I was just like. You, you know you have another back-to-back. You have to like cut your losses, yeah. and then like the starters are off in, into like the two-minute mark. Yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. And you know I, before we got in here, some of the some of the you know you led I think with with the key point, and like I keep coming back to the fact that Luca has to play. I don't want to say better, but Luca has to be more mature on the floor. I think is really the way that will change a fair amount of this stuff.
1: I mean, his because, body language was bad. I mean his body language is bad a lot of the time. Yep. But it's more no, it's noticeable when they're losing.
0: Well, and they've been losing a lot lately. Yeah. And I think that the thing, you know, the shots aren't falling, the defense isn't great. Um but the and, and you know, he's playing pretty well, but he's you know, he's seeing two guys every time he steps within thirty-five feet of the basket. And the only thing he can really keep doing is keep his head up. And I get why he can't. OK, I'm not saying Luca like I get crushed for this anytime I criticize Luca, even though compared to most of the fan base, I knew who he was before everyone else. And it's like I love the guy. He's that good. But if he is the, 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 the only real focal point that can generate more, he has to press through. And I hope he, I hope he figures that out. This is where the Goran Dragic comes through. This is where you would assume someone from the bench would do, but it's just he's out there, kind of wild. And, and I get why, because he, he has every reason to. But it's just at this point, it's like, okay, I know you're 22, but we have to ask more of you. We have to ask more of you. Well,
1: I mean, yeah, someone would just needs to sit down and say, like, like what are your goals, and like what are you doing to get there, and like and like. Like, success is not easy. It's not, like, handed to you. Like, just because you were, you know, historically great for your first three years does not mean then you just won a championship. That's, like, not how it works in the NBA. And, like, he has to be part of the solution as well.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, there are nights when he does, and and he obviously puts up the numbers. And it's, again, recognizing that it's not fair to him because I don't think they're going to make a trade immediately because I don't think Jason Kidd is going to all of a sudden not be the coach because I don't think Mark Cuban is going to sell the team. Unfortunately, it comes back to him as the starting point. Yep, always. Okay, thanks for the loss. Sure thing, buddy. Okay, Jason, what's up, my friend? That was horrible to watch. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I mean, I didn't, you know, honestly. I don't know why watching from the angle, I didn't realize how bad it was until about the, the like three minute mark in the first quarter when it was like 13 to seven. Oh,
2: <sighs> God. I mean, I'm going to be repeating a point that I feel like I've talked about after every single bad loss that we've had for the past two years, it seems like at this point, but look how to start giving a shit against these shitty teams. Like, like, remember that Memphis game last year where you just showed up totally plastered and not giving... Oh, my God.
0: Yeah, I don't really know what to do about the... I mean, of course, I don't. But it's like, I, 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 I keep coming back to the fact where it's just, it, it seems to be such a chicken-in-the-egg problem where, you know, kids quote about how they, they hang their heads whenever they're not hitting shots, and then it makes their defense worse. Like, he's not wrong, but it's just... I, You know... This is. I keep everybody keeps telling me this team. You know, you have two sets of fans. You have the sets of fans who are like constantly sunny or like this team's really really good. Just trust us. We need to milk it through. And then you have the the other set of fans who are like this team is garbage and they need to break everything down and start over. I don't know. Like I facilitate between that from game to game. Just gonna be honest. And I part of me doesn't know how to process the fact that all of a sudden this team stopped being able to hit shots. Like.
2: All I just think, of a sudden. I just think the last couple of years were an aberration. And when you look at all the amazing three-point shooting they've had, it's been a bunch of guys that have been been able to shoot, guys like Dorian, guys like Maxi, and they had a couple good years and now they're just getting exposed. That's kind of what I feel, honestly. Just kind of sad to say.
0: Yeah. No, it's disappointing because it's the, the shot quality is outstanding. Like some of the passes that I that Luca was making in the third quarter tonight, where it's like, oh my gosh, this guy is that. Good. And then just nothing's going down. Nothing is going down. And then they go down and then they can't stop anyone. Ugh, like, it's
2: embarrassing. Like, like Devontae Graham and like Neil Alexander Walker, they had like five feet, it feels like, at time. Just like, someone sets a screen and there's no resistance. It's embarrassing. Like, just go under the screen if you can't fight through it. Like, you're just giving them open light up at that point. But, yeah. Ugh, one, I guess, I don't know. One last thing. I
0: feel bad for Ted but like, He's been bad this year, like really, really. He has been. Like, there's no other way to say it. He, they survived some games when he was off, and they won some of them, and so it gave me the kind of feeling of, all right, they don't need Timmy to perform out of his mind to play well, because Porzingis looks good. But it's just, it's, it's, it just hasn't happened. It hasn't happened in any really functional form, and somebody smarter than me is going to need, you know. Uh, is going to need to look at his shot profile. I I could be reading into this, but Harald Bulgaris tweeted several games ago that the shot profile of certain players is different. And at the time, I thought he was talking about Luca. In hindsight, I really think he was talking about Tim Hardaway. Um, More stuff off the bounce. And I don't know. It's it's just not been fun to watch. Not been fun to watch. Uh,
2: It is what it is. I mean... uh, I, I guess I'll be a little bit of optimist here. One last thing. I still think this team wins forty-eight games. That seems insane to me. They win forty-eight games. They probably don't win in the first round. They're probably like a five seed or something. Right. But like I mean they're pro- like they have Luca. It's they're gonna figure it out at some point in like February. Luca's gonna start giving a shit. They're gonna actually play well down the stretch. But it's gonna be like this for another couple of months. I just feel it in my bones. It's gonna be middling mediocre basketball for a
3: while. We just have to accept that.
0: Yeah. And they're really like, you know, they they play Memphis tomorrow night and Memphis jumped them in the standings tonight just by, by kind of the fact Mavericks lost and, you know, they lose tomorrow night and they're going to be seventh, eighth or ninth. And so there's, there's just, I don't know what it will take for like actual alarm bells to go off because they've been leading sort of the morass in the middle of the, in the West. And you know, all it takes is like a three game winning or losing streak right now to bump them down. But, you know, a, on the flip side, a three game winning streak to bump them up. And so I just, I don't know how to feel about them. I still don't really know how to feel about them because their schedule is
2: so weak this month. They could like, win like they could go yeah. like 10 very easily. If that well, that was what, like
0: jo- Josh made that point after, after the first, after what, what, whichever loss was before this one, the one that sucked the Cleveland loss. And he's Cleveland. like, oh, you know, they can win their next three games and people are going to be yelling at us. And you know, going two and three in this stretch is, is fine. They need to beat Memphis. But again, if they don't, they're just going to be on, a, you know, a downward stretch where there's something like two, you know, three wins their last ten or whatnot, and that's simply not good enough. You can't have those kinds of stretches. You, you can't. So
2: oh, I don't know. It, it is – these games happen, I guess, but it does not make me well, feel they, better. But they
0: I have mean. too many of them. I made that point right after the game. Like, you can't have multiple double-digit losses – this early into the season they played 19 games and of their uh 10 losses i want to say six of them are double digits Like that's not good Is not good so all right well thanks for hanging out all right hope you enjoyed the game at least yeah, it was just weird as fun so okay coming up next we have sam hey sam what's going on what's going on how you doing Kurt? Uh, you know, it was a nice time at the game. Got to got to meet Mavs Moneyball contributor Matt Phillips. Um, Saw some people from high school I haven't seen in like 20 years, so that was
4: weird, but it was a good time. Well, that's that's cool. Well, uh, this team sucks, and <laughs> that's that's not an overreaction at this point. I mean, we got a big sample size. It's 20 games, and like you like you just said, the fact that the 10 losses we've been blown out pretty much, or lost by double digits in six of them, is, is – I could have that number wrong, but it's got to be in that range. I mean, it it feels like it. and Like, one of the points that I believe you said, or maybe some other people have said, like, this team, like you said, it sucks. It's just not fun to watch. It's just like everything looks like a struggle just to score. And it's painful. I mean, like, Luke is laboring up and down the court. This looks painful. It's like, man, he is really trying just to to do everything. It feels like he's struggling to do it. And yep. every time he bumps a knee or he lands on somebody's foot. He's always grimacing. And it's just like, man, I, I get maybe he's out of shape. I, and, and, I, and I get it from the standpoint that, you know, it's just weird because you went from playing to not playing. Then you go to a bubble. Then you play two months later for a whole season. And then you go to the Olympics and then you play. You only get basically like a month off and you're coming back. So he may be a little bit worn out. But I think I think that's part of it. I do.
0: I had I had a couple of of Slovenian fans who follow his like every single game point that out to me, and I do think that's part of it. But where I get really confused is he physically looked different at the Olympics. He looked different. I I I, I suppose it could be the cut of the uniforms, but he was spryer. I I don't know how to say in and. and at this point, I don't know where where you know he's playing enough to where it's it's I I I don't want to say anything insane. So
4: no, I, I understand I understand. It, it's just the fact that um th- like this team right now, like like you said, it's we're in the West, and if this any year to do anything, this is the year to do it just because of all the injuries that everybody else has and just the way everybody's been playing. Hell, the Lakers just lost to the Clippers, so like. You know, everybody's jumbled up between 10, 11, 12 wins. So you're a five game winning streak away from being right back in it. Sure. And, you know, it's, it's right there for the taking. It's just the only problem is with this coach, which nobody wanted with this roster that everybody wanted to upgrade and they just refused to do it. We're just in the same, uh, same cycle. I mean, I was listening to the, uh, lockdown Mavericks podcast and they were speaking on how literally this, they're shooting the same percentages as they did last year, from three, from the paint, or the score. I think they said they were scoring less in the paint than they were last year. But the fact is, everything's pretty much almost the same. And this is where we're at, and we're playing worse, <laughs> which is the crazy part. Yeah, yes. Everything's stagnant. It's like everybody's trying to do what they did in training camp, but it's just not working. I do give Jason Kidd a little bit of credit because – I didn't think he would bench Hardaway because we signed him to that contract, and he just wouldn't. He maybe didn't figure out bench him, but he needed to be benched because he been playing like ass to, pretty much the whole year. So, right. I I don't, I don't like at this point. I don't know what to do, <laughs> you know. And it's not our job to know what to do because we're not the GM. We don't work in the front office. That's Cuban's job and everybody else's job. So they need to figure it out. But if if they don't give a damn, why should I?
0: Well, and that comes back to where like I was, I was sitting in my friend's car riding home from the game. And one of the things I sent out was like, maybe people need to start speaking to Cuban more in language that he understands. Like we, as Mavericks fans are shareholders and it's up to people to demand more. And the real thing is they've gotten away with – with because the casual fan – like, that's the funny part, man, every single part. I, I don't know if there were any actual Mavs fans around me at the game. Like, there are people, like, wearing jerseys, but, like, there was no one like us with any andies, and that's fine. Like, we're weird. But there <laughs> – I did not see, like, just the sheer amount of people who were like – like, there's uh, one of the drunk dudes in front of me was like, who is this on the poster? And it was like Dwight Powell. I'm like, well, that's interesting. And, and you know, the, they're just – They don't really get held to the fire very often. Like it's it's why we have a market here. It's why this exists. And and I don't know how to do it any better other than to you know respectfully but consistently talk about the same things that have happened and bring it up over and over and over and over again. And I know that there are certain parts of the fan base that don't like this or it or that sort of talk at all because they just want to hear how we're special, special boys. But I I, Luca is a once in a lifetime. Player, we have been blessed with two of those, Luca and Dirk, and I'm not gonna let them fuck this up. Insofar as I have any control, which is, you know, a platform and to talk about it. So.
4: I know. I I understand. I just leave it off like with this. I mean, we live in a town. This is this is a Cowboys town. I mean, that's just what it is. So they get all the coverage, and you hear everything, and almost you hear everything. So it's kind of a pressure. You know, you gotta perform because the fans expect you to perform so and even with the rangers what they just did recently like they never spent any money and then they said you know what we're going to spend money and now because the fans are just complaining we never do anything and now look what they did they want to spend yep. money and got players so yeah. at some point, and like you said we're just we're fanatics we're crazy so like we just we're speaking on it on here but at some point it got to get to the point where fans are saying more of the casual fan is saying man y'all not doing anything <laughs> like y'all keep just talking big like hell 2019 I, i'll, I'll know well
0: that's about. where like that's where jason kidd making waves by saying something that is at once true but was also true before he signed with the team very odd to me because he gave us a news cycle with that quote if if we want one i granted there's another game tomorrow so so it'll probably just get lost to time but he's essentially saying this team is not very good at defense, which, duh. You know that. <laughs> and so I, I don't. It's like a very quiet part, loud sort of thing. And and it, it's, it, I, I, we'll see what happens. I mean, they still have plenty of time to like write this ship. And 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 it's just like I have not. I have not had like I have fun with you guys. I find covering this team, but the experience of watching the Mavericks play basketball, sitting in my living room watching the game play. They have not had a lot of moments of on-court joy, which have translated to me.
4: What do you think? Oh no, you're 100 percent right. That's all I was saying yeah. earlier. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah I was just yeah. I was saying earlier. It's just like the fact that they're just they're playing the game, and they're playing the game. Yep. They're they're being coached to play the game the way they play the game, but like. Every other team, I feel like even the well, I won't say the bad teams, like the Rockets are playing better now, oddly enough, and they're just, they're out there just playing. You know, the Magic, they're, they're a bad team, but they're just playing. And you can tell, hey, whenever something good happens, they can feel it. They enjoy it. But like us, it's like we're just playing. And yeah, some good things happen here and there, but it's like we're just trying to get through it every game. And at some point, you know, that's, that's going to wear on you. And if you're not winning, that's even worse. So,
0: well, it's particularly it's it's particularly weird for me because I have a bit of like one I you know I like making the content, but in the end it's mostly a labor of love. But I hate like I don't want these to become like like they're group therapy in the sense we need to leave feeling a little bit better. But the, these last couple of losses have felt. Like I, I, I honestly wasn't gonna do one, and then my wife was like, "You need to go do a group therapy." I was like, "Okay." And and it's just it can't be the same thing every night. It can't be because it's not healthy for us. And maybe you know at a certain point, if they just keep playing like this, then maybe we'll scale back on this sort of thing. I, I don't want to, but it's it's not any fun talking about the same problems over and over again. Then when you're made to feel gaslit about, oh, that's not actually the problem by by various aspects of um what's going on, anyways.
4: Thanks, man. I appreciate you coming up. No, not a problem. Have a good night.
0: Okay, so I'm going to read a tweet or a text message from friend of the program, Matt Moore, while I also bring up um, uh, my co-host, Josh Bowe, who seems to have a working green room, which is great. Uh, Matt Moore says, it's interesting note on this. Spec- Second Spectrum has a figure that's sh- called shot quality. It factors where you shoot from, how close the con- uh, contest is, and what the expected effective field goal percentage is. The Mavs are 28 in that category. They're actually shooting above their expected field goal percentage on the year. I do not understand that to save my life. I do not understand that. Josh, are you able to hit the unmute? There you are. How are you doing?
3: Uh I'm all right. Can you hear me all right?
0: I can, you sound good.
3: Okay, I'm using Bluetooth headphones I don't think I've ever talked to anyone with. Uh How are you doing, man? What's going on? I'm okay.
0: okay?
3: Yeah, you know. Man, that loss sucked. Uh, I don't know what else to say. I talked about in the pod. I'm kind of, I think the main thing, and Kirk, you talked about earlier, but like, I'm so tired. Like, we gotta put a moratorium on if the Mavericks win tomorrow, just, it's a singular game and it's not, a precursor to the Mavericks winning like 19 of their next 20 right? Uh, and all is right with the right. world. Like we got to stop that. Like I don't care what we say. If you don't want to get too down on the team, despite the 21 games of data, which we have, which is a fourth of the season. Okay. I get it, but we got to quit with the, the win and the victory laps that we're taking.
0: I mean, we After like, I don't games. think like, like our podcast, we had fun talking about the fact that that was a fun game in the green room. Right. We talked about how it was fun to finally see them hit some shots. There was no way in any point in the two podcasts that we ran any sort of actual victory lap because I'm not like I, I am physically incapable of bragging because I think everything's going to start burning anyways. But it, it's it, when you talk about we, you need like you're referencing the, yeah, the larger, the larger media apparatus that surrounds this team that has a bit of uh, like there is a there is a, a a value for certain aspects of our media and our friends and being the positive people there just is because there's a real there's a real um, market for that there it's it's just most people want to be told that their team is good i get it but i, I don't like I, I i've seen enough now to think that that this team doesn't it's not that they're bad it's that they're just not good enough to do anything differently
3: Right, like, I don't, if they beat the Grizzlies, like, you don't hang, like, I made this, you know, I made this meme in our Slack that I haven't posted online because I don't want <laughs> people to yell at me. But you don't raise banners for, for beating the Pelicans, Spurs, and, and Rockets. Like, if they beat the Grizzlies, like, hooray, but the goal is, is April and May, and, like, what are, what have we seen in 21 games that makes us think, the last two post seasons, like it's going to change, you know, and uh-huh. that's a weird feeling to feel when you're in year three and it's, you have a 22 year old superstar because you know, 22 year olds don't win titles. But I think the thing that gets misconstrued, you know, I think Harl Harlebob Bob made that point on Twitter talking about how, you know, players under 25 don't win titles. So what are you expecting? I think there's like a misconstrued I'm not expecting a title from this team. like, I'm just expecting the arrow to go up in some direction and it's not going anywhere. And, you know, if they, if they lose in the first round, like, you know, it's just, it's just a, it's a stagnation that's really hard to shake and it just makes things feel, it makes things feel maybe worse than they actually are in some ways, but it's just a, like you said, it's not fun. And I, I don't know, like you've made the point a bunch of times that I think we just need Different people to yell at. (laughs) And that might be, that might be the cure. Like, can we call up Indiana and ask Rick if he wants all his guys back? And like, let's get like Miles Turner or something. Like, I'm starting to turn into Dalton here with these, with these trade requests, I guess. Like, cause that's where I'm at. Cause I just, I don't know how much more, like, obviously I'm going to watch them, uh, cause it's our job, but like, it's just like, if if I wasn't doing this, I would be so tuned out of this season which is something if I told high school Josh that
0: he would slap me and it's just a weird,
3: it's a weird feeling.
0: I, I am just kind of perplexed because you know, the nice part about basketball is there's always another game, but it's just at this point, I'm not really looking forward to watching these guys play. Like, and, and they don't and, like, look like they're looking forward to like, no. playing together, and, right? No, and it, it it should be like the equivalent of a basketball war crime for any team that features one of the most joyful players ever to play basketball to, to make it this sloggy. But, like, we're – and I'm not sure how long you've been on, but we talked about this earlier. What I can't figure out is at what point the, the dragon starts eating its tail because Kid is not great. It's not Kid's fault. Luca is not – in the best shape, but Luke is also making all the right passes. The Mavericks aren't hitting shots, but the Mavericks aren't like really stocked with good shooters. You know, Matt Moore just sent me another text and he, he basically said that, that like the shots, like, like the shots that the Mavericks are getting may be open, but they're flat out, not good shots relative to what um the, the, the percentages and like the advanced data means I don't entirely understand what that means. I'm going to, I'm going to send you this data. We may have to like do some writing on it. I'm sure, I'm sure, um, our, our man, uh, um, is talk has something, but like is talk has like well, a real life and a job and is not able to do this all the time well, and think also about many, for another I site, which no one reads. You should come back to us is talk. Love you. Uh,
3: well, well, I mean, what it means? I mean, we've already seen they take way more mid-range shots than they did the last two years, so that factors into it.
0: Yeah, I'm if sure I see another Dwight more. Powell, seventeen footer, I'm going to throw <laughs> my phone in a lake.
3: I mean, they take. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but they take. They have to be taking less shots at the rim than they were compared to last year or the year before that. So yeah, they're taking a lot of threes, but they're also not taking as much shots at the rim, and they're taking more long twos. So. Like hooray! I'm I'm happy. You know, I was concerned they wouldn't take as many threes. Like they're taking threes, but if you're not getting clean looks at the rim consistently, and you're taking more long twos, that's going to tank that stat that Matt is, is telling you. I'm, I'm guessing again. I'm not looking at it right now.
0: No, we're going to need to look at it later.
3: Later, but that's got to be what it is because I we know they're taking more rendering shots than they were the last. Oh, they're
0: thirtieth in rim rate. Matt just texted me that. They're yeah, thirtieth. There you go. Yeah. There you go. That's it. That's the stat. Yeah.
3: It's kind of hard to consistently score in basketball if you don't get any layups or don'ts.
0: Yeah. Oh, and Luca like is not, you know.
3: No, he's low. He, this is the lowest rate he's getting in the rim in his career, his short career, by far.
0: Yeah, I just don't know what to do. I'm. I'm it's just some of this stuff is just like <laughs> it's, it's staring, but it like like it was staring us in the face, and you just don't want to believe it. Because you can't believe they would actually do this, but you know, they did. Anyhow.
3: I wanna experience. know before well, before I go away, I wanna know more, like how was your I think you touched on it a little bit when I joined but, like I was listening before I joined up, but like how was your in game experience as well. They do it
0: they do a good job. I mean I've been to Wizards games and it's not like that. Um, good arena, good crowd, despite the fact that like half the crowd's not there. Um, <laughs> you know, it's it's did a it, great did it arena. fill in.
3: Did it fill no. in after like the first? Okay, so no. it wasn't I, whatever
0: their thing? whatever their sold figure was was bullshit because it was most. I was sitting fifteen rows up, maybe like in the in the double letter seats in row one thir- or in section one thirteen, and like I had leg room. You know, it felt like a like a Southwest flight on a like Wednesday. you know, which is fine. Which is fun. Uh, is it fine on Friday night? Well, you know, hey. You know, everything is, it's what the the bottom line is that this is our fault because we're trying to trade you <laughs> or some horse shit. So, all
3: right. Well, I'm just curious. I'll let you go.
0: You're, doing, you later, you're doing the Lord's work. Hey, we all are. We're here venting it out. Talk to you later, Josh. Thanks.
4: Mm,
0: getting to, I wish I, if I had the ability to punt Josh from our normal podcast, would I do it? Absolutely not. Josh is the best. All right. Hezron, how are we doing? Thank you for waiting for a while. How you doing tonight? Hit that unmute button there at the bottom.
5: Yep, too easy. Sorry, brother. Uh, firstly, we came from Australia, man. Love seeing your work. Love seeing what you do. Thank you. Thanks for joining
0: us. Uh, what time is it there? Because I'm terrible at time. Uh,
5: it is beer o'clock, uh,
0: 5 p.m., to be exact. <laughs> and do you need a drink after watching that game?
5: Uh, I took a couple during the game, and I feel like I may have a couple more after. So I'm not going to lie to you, <laughs>
0: Good. Someone needs to. I'm going to have to go to bed after this. But what do you got for
5: uh, Look, man, I, I've got to ask the question. Does Nico have the hardest job in the NBA trying to convert this roster? Ooh. I don't know about hardest job. I mean,
0: anybody – like, it's got to be among the top five. But one of the challenging parts for me is, is it's – they've simply done this to themselves. You know, it's, it's years of bad process and, and assuming that, that th- what they have, um, you know, what they have going is the smart thing. And, you know, we, we know now with it, there's been enough time. We know now that, that a lot of their inner office processes were poor, just being kind. And so he has a lot to figure out, but I also don't really hold him responsible. I hold Mark Cuban responsible because Cuban is is the most involved owner on a day-to-day basis, and he will want to be involved in a basketball sense, not just in a fight. Like all owners have to sign off on trades, but he will be want to be involved on a basketball sense and be, and made to feel part of it. And if that happens and or if that continues to happen, I don't see the Mavericks winning anything. I mean, we had um, former Milwaukee Bucks uh, front office guy and writer and contributor Seth Partnow on the other night. He essentially said the Mavericks tried to win every trade, by like adult, you know, in, in a major way, every time that they would try to approach them. And that's why nobody ever did any business with them. And so that just stands out. It, it stands out. And I don't see that changing because Cubans.
5: Yeah. 100%, man. And just, it feels like a revolving thing week in, week out, man. Uh, year in, year out now, the last three seasons. Uh, Pretty much. And with a bunch of, you know, with respect to them, six men's key role players and DMPs. Unfortunately, that's how it feels.
0: Yeah. The DMPs tonight from a couple of guys didn't really make a lot of sense. And it's so far down the list. I don't even know what to do with it. Like watching Josh Green be bored on the bench was, was certainly a thing that happened.
5: Yeah. And, you know, it seems to happen every, every game. And I'm not expecting Josh to light the world on fire, but sometimes a bit of energy can change. Things And that third quarter was pretty atrocious, if I'm going to be brutally honest.
0: devoid of it. And, like, like there's there's not much I can say about Josh Green's game, but I will say he will always play hard. And they they kind of laugh.
5: Exactly, man. And, and you know, and a lot of people are echoing it on the comments. And, you know, you see Twitter all the time. It just feels like every game is just – it becomes – they go through the same motives, the expectation is Luke is just going to step up, pull something out of his ass, for lack of a better term, and then lo and behold, we're down 20 points. And every loss has felt like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, pretty painful. Well, thanks for hanging out. Do you got anything else?
5: Uh, no, man. Look, uh, I, I'm sure you've got a lot of people that want to jump on, man. But, look, thanks for having me on. Appreciate it.
0: Sure, please come back. I always like, like having new folks come up on stage.
5: No. All right. Oh, okay.
0: Thanks. Okay, coming next, we have Kristoff. How are we doing? Hit that unmute button there at the bottom now that I brought you up because it instamutes you. Give you just a second more to try to find that unmute button. Then I'm going to – okay. All right, Bra- Brandon. How are we doing, doing, Brandon?
6: Hey, Kurt, can you hear me? I can. Oh gosh, I try not to actually get up on these too often anymore because it's not good for my health. <laughs> um, holy crap! This is by far. I would. I mean, I know we've gotten whooped worse than this, but those were by like good teams, like Miami and Denver before all of their injuries. Um, this is the first time we've lost to a team that I feel is completely inferior, because the the Cavs and Wizards in the past, you know, we feel like they're bad, and we still kind of think that they're both good teams
0: this year. Like I mean, the Cavs are going to make the playoffs, and the Wizards yeah. are going to make the playoffs. So yeah,
6: they're both legitimately good teams. So yeah, it's frustrating, but this—I mean, the Pelicans without Zion might be the worst team in the league, and we just got our asses handed to to uh to us by them.
0: Yeah, that's I, embarrassing.
6: I hope and. I mean, this is like galaxy brain level stuff. Like Luca needs to actually give a shit. I hope he's, I mean, trying to almost force his way on this and show the front office that this roster is so incompetent if he's not pulling 95% of the weight.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's, he's got to play like a superstar or they look like crap because so far nobody else is, stand, is, is stepping up. And he was awful tonight. And, you know, there's there's reasons for that. And I, I just, <sighs> I don't know. It's disappointing. They play again tomorrow night and, and we'll have to see. You know, if they get blown off the court tomorrow night, then this place is going to be despondent and they should be. But, you know. They, they they have these problems they have to power through them and it it's not something that we really were capable of fixing
6: oh I, I in the chat where I know uh, CBA Mabs is talking about trades but I mean I am on trade machine all day every day now because I think December I want to say it's December 15th is when all these new um, you know all the free agents that just signed can be uh, can be traded again so yeah. I I know that obviously our assets are limited, but I mean we gotta we gotta make major moves at some point before this season's over.
0: but the major moves thing, the major moves problem. thing, we have to understand this, Nick Xavier talked about this. He might have even written about it. It'll probably go up over the weekend. Um, I, I I see him in the chat talking about this. There are no trades where the Mavericks improve. There are trades where the Mavericks make lateral moves and absorb um and absorb some bad contracts in hopes of turning things around like they're the Mavericks aren't getting a better player like they're not winning a trade like that's the thing like right now we all have to understand that like that is a non-starter like bad teams don't make trades to improve bad teams make trades to try to improve by making lateral moves good teams make are able to take risks and and build themselves up like that. But the Mavs are, are a middling team in the West, so it's just not happening. So,
6: I I, I definitely I, I I understand that. I am just sick and tired of these same players, these same problems. Oh, of, of course. For the past of course, three years we are not anything better. We don't do anything better than we did in 1920 or even last year. We just yeah. do it worse because kids are
0: awful. World worse. worse, yeah. I mean, like, like the thirtieth percentage in rim rate means they take the least percentage of shots at the rim in any team in the league. Like, again, bad. <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> yeah, Milwaukee literally just won a title off of
6: just the sheer math of attacking the rim and not letting teams get to the rim.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know. Uh, you would be shocked to know who coached them before they became a really good team. Ooh. All right,, uh, thanks for coming up, Brandon. We'll talk soon, okay. All right, thanks for having me. Mm-hmm. Okay, we got a couple more folks, and then uh, oh man, we have way more folks. Uh, Adam, how you doing? Hit that unmute button there at the bottom.
7: Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, of course, I'll Preface this by saying, I'm a rockets fan, but um a courteous rockets fan. I appreciate that.
0: All Southwest Division people are welcome now, of course, so what you got?
7: Just finished watching uh, the Rockets played the magic tonight, obviously, two former Mavs assistant coaches and Jamal Mosley and Steven Silas. Mm. so since you know obviously I mean you have all the context in 2019, the Mavs had the best offensive rating one set nearly one seventeen the following year last year uh, dropped two points. Dropped to, dropped to ninth in the league this year. I think you guys are kind of middle of the pack 15th. If is, is having Steven Silas who managed the offense or Jamal Mosley who was in charge of the defense would, you know, would there be big differences in the Mavs performance this year? With really?
0: This is a really good question. I can't speak specifically but I want to guess and say yes. With Silas in particular, I like I value Silas's tactical contributions a lot more than I do Mosley's player, you know, everybody likes him shtick. Um with Mosley, I'm sorry, with with Silas, the offense in in that 2019-2020 had impeccable spacing and also had some really interesting off-ball movement at the right times for Luca. In 2020, and then 2020, 2021, they their offensive coordinator was a the guy they brought in from Utah. I can't remember his name, and there was far like the Mavericks were un- like they're terrible at off-ball movement. Um, I don't remember the percentage, but it was like they were in the bottom five in like cuts, and so it was a lot of Luca Iso ball to the max. Um. So I don't like, I was never really a big Mosley guy. Like Mosley, Mosley ma- has made his bones in the league by being ex- ex- like players like him. And I think that can get a team so far, but this Mavericks team is not in need of players being happy. This Mavericks's team is in need of different players and players, um, to, particularly Luca to, to get their shit together and, and not yell at Russell. So I don't know. I, they're both good coaches. I, I, but it's, it's kind of where is the team in the life cycle? And I think at this point they would benefit more from Silas.
7: So the biggest difference, obviously, from 2019 that I can see on the roster is having a, a knockdown, dependable three-point shooter in Steph Curry. You know, I think he shot 45% um, pretty consistently in the last three years, but definitely in 2019. And you kind of talked about the difficulty in upgrading the roster. Last few days, Goran Dragic basically has been kind of released, you know, right. from the, the Raptors. He all talk is that he wants to try to find a way to the Mavericks. Is that would that make a difference? You know, what do you think? You could have to give up. Is is that is that just good from a standpoint of it would make it would make uh it would it would it would make uh make the star happy and maybe kind of perform a little better.
0: So. I think, speaking of, of 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 Goron specifically, we've kind of been going back and forth on this since the offseason. I think a lot of us that participate in these kind of things really wanted him because we think the Mavericks need that veteran voice. I think that it's worth the Mavericks having like a really expensive veteran who might not play a ton just to be a liaison between the coaching staff and to get Luca in gear. Like, Luca's one of the top players on the planet there's you know even out of shape and even not in the best like physical conditioning he's still unbelievably good and he's just to the point where i don't think anybody can tell him anything um it, it might be too far gone but goran he's played with since he was a younger man and has again goran carries a great deal of respect for, for from luca and i think that would be worth the cost if they were to even get a little bit of, of play out of him let's say let's say he came to the team tomorrow and there are 60 games left and they got 25 games out of him. That would be a win for me. Um, They just, they, they need a little something extra. I don't know what we've talked, you know, they're talking about trades in the chat. We've talked about them here. I just don't know what the Mavericks can give up. I think at that, at a certain point it has to be like a buyout situation. um, And, and they, they would have to figure that out. That was very disappointing for me, but I think what ended up happening over the summer, and I didn't really understand this at the time, um, you know, we all do this in the summer, where we think our teams have, like, players have like a lot more value than they do. Like, clearly, the Raptors just wanted nothing to do with whatever the Mavericks were offering,
3: and
7: that's that. I, I think, uh, from a, maybe from a bias perspective, I, th- I think Eric Gordon is gonna be uh, is gonna be a big a big chip that a lot of contenders are gonna gonna be after. Maybe. In I think box. so too. I, I think he he could definitely help a team like uh like Dallas, you know. He's he's uh still a dependable 3-point shooter. He's still averaging 15 points a game on kind of reasonable minutes. He's still a a force defensively being able to guard 1 through 3. Uh maybe less less so kind of the kind of larger players, but uh I I I I, I don't think all is lost. Obviously, you get another another basically powerhouse series from, um, you know, fr- from, from, uh, from, from you know, from your main player, you know, any, any, you know, the last two years, you know, you, you know, this already, you know, I, I think, I think you guys could have easily defeated the Clippers. I, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. Yeah. Me. A
0: couple, a couple things go differently. They make it to the second round.
7: Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate uh, the conversation.
0: Sure thing, Adam. Thanks for joining us. Okay, coming up next we have
4: uh, Matt. Matt, you've been waiting a while. Hit that unmute button there at the bottom.
0: Can you hear me? I can hear you, even though it's still showing you as muted. So that's good. How you doing?
8: Okay, I'm doing great. I'm great. Um, so I'm a season ticket holder, and I'm not gonna brag. It's just it's relevant to what I saw tonight. Um, so I love sure. watching Cuban during games, and it's he obviously for many reasons, right? And so there was a time in the first quarter, timeouts called. It was after Lucas, one of his many turnovers, goes over to the bench at the end of the bench, and I look down, and a couple minutes later, I look up. Cuban is over him, standing up, talking to him directly, either trying to hype him up or trying to, I don't know, say hey, let it go or something, but. It was clear that Cuban recognizes a moment that he needed to intervene to at least talk to him. And you mentioned earlier, like, there's no one who could really get through to him. He has to be the only one
0: who could get through to him on this. I will simply say that an owner doing that is so far outside the realm of normalcy, I don't know where to begin.
8: I, I, it. It, that's what was so jarring about it is watching Cuban for many years now he doesn't do the like regular anymore. Early on in his ownership, yeah, he did.
0: But yeah, It's it's weird and I don't I don't like it. I don't like it. I've I've heard a fair you know Cuban um Cuban's an older guy. And I think sometimes he still wants to relate to these dudes on a like level like he did with Dirk and Nash because they were closer to his age. Um, it's not a thing anymore. Right. And he needs to not, he needs to be an owner. He needs to sit up in his box or he needs to sit where he's sitting and not participate like that. Like that's, that's like the equivalent of a parent going up to a coach in the middle of a high school game and being like, Hey, you need to play my son more. Like, don't, don't do that. That's bizarre. Oh my gosh.
8: That's yeah, that's exactly it. Or it's just like this is my most valuable asset in this arena right now, and yeah. I I have to say something like like a parent. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Good to know, man. Anyway, thanks, thanks for, for that. that. That's hor- that's horrifying. I'm not. I'm that's gonna give me nightmares. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sorry to i sorry. was I was <laughs> actually <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, well, I was over in section one thirteen, so I wasn't that far away tonight because it was my first game in twenty years, and. I didn't notice that, but I also had like some super drunk people in front of me. So I was like talking to them during timeouts. But thank you for coming up. I hope you come back. (laughs) Absolutely. All right. Talk soon. Bye. All right. Last but not least, Scott, what's happening tonight, my friend?
9: Yeah, I want to start off with a funny story. I told you the other day uh, that uh, my son, when he found out Willie Collie Stein was starting, he's nine. He said immediately when he heard it in the other room, he's like, oh, no. Oh, no, that's not good. <laughs> and so I decided to just uh, go ahead and uh, say that, uh, you know what, you're part of apps Twitter now, And but then I immediately turned around and blamed him for the losses that we've been having lately. So I just kind of inducted him into the team. Um, but uh, otherwise, I wanted to talk about trades. I want to give a little bit of hope. Um, not the hope for this season, though. My... Idea And along with Brian on Mavs Twitter, and if you follow Mavs Twitter, you know I'm talking about Brian in Portland. He he and I both agree like the best way the Mavs could offer a Drew Holiday kind of package is in this offseason. After the draft is over or during the draft after their pick, they can then package that player along with the 2025 and 2027. And then have a little cushion to give some protections on the 2027 into the 2028 because you have the seven-year window extending now that the draft would be over. And uh, then you could get those kind of three picks, a player, a mid, mid first, and then two future firsts for uh, a player that another team doesn't want or doesn't have in their plans, like maybe Brandon Ingram, somebody who's not a star, but somebody who's close. So that that's kind of my idea. The only thing I can see for this season is someone like Thad Young or Goran Dragic. that's like either no other t- contender bids on them and we're able to swoop in with a small package or they get bought out. But I don't really see anything that they could really do that would help this year too much.
0: It's, it's kind of the bed we've made. And the real challenging part with all this is it's just, you know, I've had people say to me going back three years, well, what would you have them do differently? And I think it's sort of safe to say with hindsight being 2020, but also the fact that we were like, at least Josh and I were screaming this at the time, every single move they have made since acquiring Chris Dapps for Zingus has been, it, it, it is, has been not quite. I mean, Seth Curry was signing him was good, but every other trade was, every other signing has been not the correct one. Um, I've heard, for example, I've heard that like Bobon was a freelance signing, like that was like Mark Cuban operating outside of the front office. I don't know if it's true. I love Bobon. Bobon's a mascot. Um, he's not giving you real minutes. He just can't, not with the way basketball's played now. I'm sorry. Um, they traded away Harrison Barnes. They traded away Wesley Matthews and, and uh, DeAndre Jordan. All those things were fine. They had a bunch of guys' uh, bird rights, which is a, a point that that is kind of underplayed years later. And they had the ability to create – and please correct me if I'm wrong here because you know more about this. But they they had the ability to create a bunch of artificial cap space in 2019 because if they had come to terms with Porzingis, Maxi, and Dorian – they could have, because they own those guys' bird rights, they could have signed them later, right, to go over the cap. Yeah. Is that correct?
9: Yeah, I mean, it, it it limits it a bit because you have to keep the cap hold on the books, but, you know, their cap they holds were so low space. because they were. Being, yeah, they, they did. They 100% did. And um, they didn't
7: use it, they I think, didn't I think do anything. Por,
9: I, think Porzingis, I think Porzingis, they would have had to sign him first because his cap hold was actually, I think, someone – but anyway yeah you you definitely could have signed someone in that fifteen to twenty million dollar range at that time, which could have been I think the people at the time were were wanting Bogdanovich Malcolm Brogdon, um I can't remember the other ones, but those were the kind of players that I remember yeah. what's it what's his name he on the Overpays. Ringer? yeah, overpays, but at the same time it would have added a lot of talent for free, but they were going for kemba remember that? that that's that yep. was what they were trying for, of but, course, but that was another instance
0: that was another instance of them getting played by themselves because Kimba had already had a deal in place. Like that was right. another one where it's just like, and so when I say every single move, this is the sort of stuff that I'm talking about because we wanted them to go sign these guys. And you know, you have, you have our, our man in the chat. I love me some Xavier. Who's like, Oh, that's an overpay for that guy. But you know, what's not in the, like overpaying for someone is better than not having them at all. I know there's some arguments against that. Oh, the Mavericks would be locked in, blah, 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 blah. But what we're facing coming this next offseason is not something, is something actually fairly similar because the team that they have right now, I'm, I'm pretty sure they're over the cap with Luca Porzingis, Tim Hardaway. Like those three guys alone make up almost a significant portion of the cap. And then you have Powell's contract and some other stuff, so they should be over the cap immediately. So in order to re-sign um, uh, Jalen Brunson and Dorian Finney-Smith, they're going to have to pay a pretty penny. And so you know you're you're looking at the potential future of locking in a a core in the tax range that hasn't done anything, and like that's just really challenging, right?
9: Yes, it is. I mean, you kind of see that they're going to have to pay the tax this year. I mean, we've talked about it before. The way you pay taxes when you have players who deserve raises, and I mean, Luca obviously deserves a raise, and this is the season next one that he gets the raise from ten to you know thirty-four million or whatever. And then JB is going to, if we re-sign him and Dorian Finney-Smith, they're obviously going to get raises because they're worth more than one and a half and four million. But if we keep the rest of the roster, I mean, we are going to pay. I mean, I think I did a projection on it; it'd be forty to fifty million in just tax. Like not just over the tax, but I'm saying like that's the penalty for the amount that we would be over. Um, so it it does kind of die down after the Powell. You know, that was a that was a dumb extension from the beginning. You know, yep. I bet that was maybe a freelance Cuban thing or, well, or I mean, they bid Ara, against I'll
0: themselves. They, they bid against themselves. It's like if you're the only if you're the only person who's trying to buy a home, you go into the you go into the seller and you offer more than list value despite there not being anybody you're bidding against. That's what the Mavericks did with Powell.
9: I, yeah, I remember the dunked on guys were just like killing it immediately. Like this doesn't seem that smart, you know? Like I don't like this one because I mean they were really like happy about all the other signings that we made that summer. You know, Seth plus Maxi, um, all those were actually pretty positive. Dorian Finney-Smith, those were all those were all value deals. But it just turned out that Delon Wright and then Josh Richardson and all those other deals, like the uh, what is it called defense against the dark arts idea for the shooting guard. Yeah, that that really. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who's going to be next year? You know, somebody else, you know, like, thanks. (laughs) Thanks Reggie Bullock. You'll be here for this year, but next year maybe it's probably going to be somebody else.
0: Yeah, no, it's something. (laughs) I I just, I'm not sure where they go because like we we've been talking about trades and do you agree with, and and this is not my point. This is Xavier's point from something that he told me a while ago where it's just like, we have to get, you know, if they're going to bring somebody in, it's going to be somebody that currently is not, playing very well for another team that is technically a negative asset that we think we can turn around with a new situation. Like you're not going to like, like, and this is an extreme example, but like, you know, I love you. I love me some Dalton, but it's like two years ago and he's like, Oh, we're going to go get Bradley Beal. I was like, no, we're not like, that's not happening then. It's that's certainly not happening now. Right?
9: No, no. I mean, I mean, what would we give them? I mean, there's, there's nothing. So I, I agree that there does have to be some like, scratches on the paint on whatever we're trying to get you know like not just that but like a broken you know fender whatever it is it's going to be some damage eric gordon is a good example thad young's a good example of players who are pretty old so that's mm-hmm. a knock already um so it'd have to be short term almost like jj Redick version you know where we don't give up much value but maybe a second so i don't i don't think that there is a case for us to get a starter level player unless we somehow package you know some firsts out into the future with JB and Maxi. you know, that's the only kind of value assets that we could even offer somebody. And it has to all add up together to get something that wouldn't even be that great.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's where, that's just kind of where we are. And they're going to have to play themselves out of this hole, I think. And there, there's a little bit there, like, there are some arguments for it. Like I don't, You know, we don't have that. Like, I don't have access to second spectrum data. But, like, my man, Matt Moore, who works for the Action Network, has been feeding me stuff all night. And he's just like, you guys are taking some of the worst shots in the league. And it's, like, team-wide. Like, it's, it's you know, and I don't, like, that. that isn't reconciling with what my eyes have seen because I'm like, I feel like they're taking not that similar shots from last year. But enough people who are smarter than me are sitting here telling us that we're not – Doing the the things that the Mavericks should be doing and like not taking rim shots like thirtieth in the league at rim rate with Luka Doncic and then Kristaps Porzingis is woof big big woof because yeah my,
9: my my one my one probably like I I don't have second spectrum data either obviously but <laughs> right. it's like. <laughs> Luca, I mean, he takes tough shots. It's like the Dirk thing, you know, like Dirk became Dirk because a 20 footer to him is like a layup. You know, like he can post, he could post up from 20 feet because that's an easy shot for him. And Luca does have this array of mid range that are very low quality shots. He's not the- hitting them.
0: He's also not hitting them. Like for last game, I want to say he was hitting in the mid 30s for me.
9: Really? I, I mean, still, it feels like maybe just kind of like one of those Allen Iversons like the eye test works, <laughs> but it doesn't actually match the data. Uh, you know, Lucas seems like he still makes all those turnarounds and those little floaters in the paint, you know. Um, but if we take his out, I wonder, is Matt saying that, like, those wide open corner threes that people get are actually bad shots? You know, because, I mean, I don't know. Because if, if they overall, as the if, if that's actually a hard thing to hit, I mean, it wasn't hard for Herb Jones tonight. I mean, he was killing.
0: Us. <laughs> I think what it is is that certain players are absolutely killing Dallas on on shooting. Um, like Dorian is is kill and Reggie are killing Dallas. They might not take a lot of volume, but it's it's and and it's just it's not quite it's just not quite good enough. I I don't know. There's there's a lot behind this that's really weird, and that's where it's like different data. Um gets screened differently. Like, you know, uh, Kevin, uh, Kevin O'Connor, okay. like had a piece about how Chris Dapps is like at 1.25 points per, he said points per post up or something. And everybody interpreted that as points per possession. And the NBA's like post up data for Chris Dapps has him at, at like 0.89, like worse than really? last year. And so it's like, I don't, some of this data stuff gets a little above and beyond my head. And I've been asking around just from the smarter people. And it's really a matter of like what your like, some, some of these tracking systems have trouble with, with where things start and where they finish within a play. And so they just get categorized either incorrectly or kind of off base over and over and over again. And so I don't really like, obviously we can't account for that, but it's just something stinks in all this. And there's too many bad games of bad shooting for it to go. Oh, well this is just going to regress. Like, that's not how this works. Like you have 21 games of mostly bad shooting.
9: I, I don't know if like when you need to do the kind of around the horn and you get the ball and everybody's passed it and, and you you see a lot of those go in. I don't know. That's just an eye test. That's actually not statistics. But then, you know, it's like the LeBron, the like Jokic, the, the 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 Luka kind of pass where they're like in the middle and all of a sudden you're in the corner and the ball's in your hands. And it's like, there's so much pressure on you to make that shot. And And it wasn't like, you even expected it necessarily right away, but it's now in your hands and you got to shoot it. I wonder if that's a harder shot or a less made shot than, you know, when it's kind of passed around the, as people get double team. Well,
4: he's okay. He's
0: waiting. I'm going to bring him up. I didn't know Matt was still in the room. Matt, what's up? Matt hit that unmute button. He's probably struggling to get back to his phone. I just like rudely invited him up on stage. <laughs> he's listening to me going, what's going on? Hey, what's up? Hey, so we're babbling. Bring, bring, bring light to us, morons. Okay, here's, here's, here's what you're doing, okay? You're
10: generating a lot of threes. Okay, you're sixth in three-point rate. You're 18th in percentage. So you're generating these good looks off of threes, but you're not making enough. You're generating almost no shots at the rim, but you're making an exceptionally high percentage. You're sixth in conversion rate at the rim. Mm-hmm. So, like, literally, you're just not taking... You're taking as many threes as you need to. You're not making as many, and that will improve. Um, I will say that some of the, the what winds up being kind of factored into um, how this looks is you're generating good shots and missing them sometimes, but you're also just overall not generating enough good looks. Like you're circ- I think what's probably happening is you're circling in on the shots that are good that they miss, and you're because this happens when you want, like this is why I like, like trying to square the, the eye test with data. Is you're trying to get to a point where you can look at it and say, oh, I noticed that shot because it was painful that he missed this wide open corner three. But in reality, it's all of the rest of them that are dragging down your offense. Um, notably, <laughs> in terms of shot quality, uh, Luca is, I mean, Luca's extremely low on shot quality, which that's fine, right? Like, he's a mid range shooter. Like, he can, he can hit those contested shots. That's fine. That's not a problem. And he's hitting them he's hitting them hot at a, a high rate relative to the shots, but I don't know that you can really ask for him to generate higher quality looks other than just like getting him driving more. But you do have problems where guys like um, Bullock stands out a lot. So Bullock has a 45.7 effective field goal percentage. That's almost 10 points below where he should be based off of the shots that he's getting. So the guys that are generating good looks are not hitting them. And the guys that are generating not great looks inherently, they aren't going to get you a high percentage anyway, are hitting them at a pretty decent rate. But the overall production, like the rim stuff is bad. I looked at your uncontested at the rim stuff, and it's very low. Like you don't, you don't create, relative to the league, a almost, a, like you, it's you and the nets, and the nets are basically like, we don't care. Like we don't, <laughs> we don't care. We don't need good shots. We have Kevin Durant and James Harden. What do you want? And Patty Mills. What do you want from us? Uh, <laughs> like that's where they're at. If you look at uncontested um, layups league wide, the Mavericks come in, I believe, 29th in that category. So like right. they are simply not. If you if you think about like what's like a great shot, it's somebody dunking the ball, and. Per 100 possessions, the Mavericks are 26th in that category. Here are the teams below you in, in uncontested layups: the Pistons, the Bucks, notably, who have been injury ravaged, the Spurs, and then the Nets. And you can say, like, well, the Nets are a great offense, and the Bucks are a great offense. The Bucks look better when they have their entire team; they don't do that. And uh, the Nets have Kevin Durant. And that's well. Like there's that's one little thing.
0: There's one little thing that should be a canary in the coal mine, and nobody's talked about it. Um, Luka Doncic has one dunk in 21 games um, I know he's not the most athletic guy in the world but I'm pretty sure at this point last year he had 10 and when we talk about Luka's in shape ishness and everything that sort of revolves around that that has been the thing that sort of stood to me for a while now I could be wrong in the number of dunks but I remember we had to talk about this in Mavs Moneyball slack the the day and I'm pretty sure it's just one um, and that's, it's just indicative, it's not the problem, but it is a, a, a very bright flashing statistic that illuminates the problem to where, with how the Mavericks theoretically should be playing, a guy who's 6'8 and has the ball all the time should have more than one dunk.
9: Yeah. Can, can you, can you, uh, you know, sort those statistics by if they have one big or two big?
10: I can't, but it'll take me a while.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he might. He might. Don't have, You know, it's it's 9:30. So so I guess 10:30 your time. Whatever. But um, yeah. Matt, no. Thank you for that. That's that's a good explanation. I mean, this sort of stuff is is not exactly my value wick. But I've read enough. And like where this gets like where I'm just kind of tired is. This is this isn't new. Like this is what Kid has done at two other stops, and people are like, "Oh, it, it's going to be new and different," and it's it hasn't been. Hey, man, I appreciate you having me up here. Oh yeah, Matt quit. All right, thanks, Scott. Appreciate you hanging out. Okay, folks, we've had a good time. Um, I see Jack Bonin in the Slack there. He had some pretty, if it's the same avatar that he uses on Twitter, there were some absolute, like, just some incredible post game tweets. Tonight, for everyone, just want everybody to know It's had a lot of fun reading everybody. Um, anyways, we'll be back at this tomorrow night. Josh and I will be talking. I'm writing about the game, and I have a pretty good track record when the Mavericks, um, when the Mavericks went uh, uh play and I write. So we'll see. Everybody, have a good night. Uh, get some sleep, and we will talk to you soon.